So this week I, I was reflecting after being away from the parish for about a week and a half, how different it is, not only because this chapel here is as big as my whole entire rectory, but because of the fact that for the first time, really in 20 years, outside of maybe taking a vacation here or there, my week is not directed towards the Sunday homily. Normally as a priest starting on Monday or Tuesday, if you're lucky, you read the gospel, you read the readings, and they're always sort of being turned over in your mind and your heart. And for me, at least in my interactions with parishioners and students, preparing me to be able to hopefully be inspired by the Spirit to say something at Sunday Mass. Well, at least for the summer, that's not the case, and I'm not going to really be saying Sunday Mass unless I want to go to a different parish. So the difference is, is really not being immersed in the Word. And I realized that there's something that's probably not good about that. So at the beginning of the week, or maybe at the middle of the week, picked up the Gospel and sort of praying about it and thinking about it in the hopes that hey, I'd be preaching today, and maybe to keep myself accountable, even record a few reflections to put on the podcast. So, so what struck me today was this, and it's something that you've heard me talk about before, particularly if you've been to Mass and Wisdom, that today in the world, our worth or our value is often equated with what we produce or what we achieve whether it be at work, or in wealth, or in school, or in sports, whatever it is, we've got to produce in order to feel good about ourselves. We have to be productive in order for others in our culture to really care about us. And maybe this sort of idea of productivity equaling value is why we don't value those who are old or who are weak or those who are marginalized. And this, this attitude of productivity is value, is something that's very, very easy to transfer into the spiritual life. And I see it a lot, that we, in order to be spiritual, in order to grow in God's graces, in order to be or feel blessed, we have to be productive. We've got to be saying a bunch of rosaries. We have to be converting people. We have to be praying and the Lord listening to our prayer. We have to be successful. And holiness is sort of equated with success and productivity. And I think that's why today when the cross comes, when we fail or it seems that our prayers are unanswered, people tend to go into crisis mode. God doesn't exist. He doesn't love me. Well, if we understand that, productivity isn't the measure of what makes us valuable. What we produce, what we do, how much we do, isn't what is important. And we would have a different attitude whenever failure or darkness or the cross comes. But what struck me, though, is something that if I maybe had two or three homilies to give, I could get it precise. Y'all are like my four o'clock Saturday homily. I'm testing it out on y'all that something that really struck me that this idea of productivity has a more subtle way of infiltrating our spirituality. And that's this, and I'm going to try maybe I phrase it very, very well, or maybe I'm not going to phrase it, is that 
we sometimes want to define ourselves, not necessarily our worth or our value, but define our existence as Christians, our, our, our being in the world as Christians, according to what we are sent to do. Yeah, in a certain sense, according to the things that we achieve, but more of our mission, our vocation. I'm defined by where I am sent, the task that I am charged to accomplish. People are always asking, I want to know what God wants me to do with my life. What is my mission? What is my vocation? What am I supposed to do? And there's a validity to that. We look at the first reading. Amos, who is a dresser of sycamores, I did some research. Sycamores are actually sort of like fig trees. And to dress them, you'd have to poke the figs in order to make them blossom and grow. But he went from that work to being a prophet. That was his mission, to sit to speak the word of God. And so, in a certain sense, it's easy to say, well, hey, his worth is seen in his mission. His existence is what he is called to do. One of the apostles, we see it today, the mission they are sent on. I want you to go out two by two and preach the gospel and cast out demons and heal people. These things are all good, but they're sent to do. Christ is clearly giving them a purpose, a direction. And again, it's easy to say, I am defined by what I am sent to do. Existence as mission. And again, this is true. We are sent into the world to accomplish a task. You may never know fully what that task is, but it is important. But the fact of the matter is, it cannot be the thing that defines us, or at least that we define our whole existence, our meaning as Christians, of what I am sent to do, our value, our worth to a great degree, but even our very existence does not or is not contingent on what we're sent to do or what we need to achieve or what we need to produce. Why do I say that? It was something that really struck me as I was reading the, the, the second reading from the letter of St. Paul, uh, from the letter to the Ephesians. It's a rather long reading, but there's something that, at least for me, really did jump out. I'm going to find it right here. When Paul says that in him, in Jesus, we are also chosen. We're chosen. This is Amos was chosen. The apostles were chosen. It's important to be chosen. The Lord has chosen me, and he has sent me to achieve a certain mission. This is crucial. We're destined in accord with the purpose of the one who accomplishes all things according to the intention of his will. God's will is going to be accomplished so that we might exist for the praise of his glory. Our very existence, our being, rather than our doing, our existing here and now, regardless of where we're sent, of what we're called to do, of where we're going to go, our existence we exist for the praise of God's glory. Our simple being as adopted sons and daughters, our very existence, sitting there in the pew, not really achieving anything, not necessarily falling asleep during my homily, but being, we give 
praise to God's glory. Now, what does that mean? It's a phrase that St. Elizabeth of Trinity, the Carmelite mystic who really emphasized the interior life, she said her life, she wanted her life to be a praise of glory. And probably John of the Cross, the other great Carmelite saint, talks about this and defines it the best way, is that we're called in our lives to be altars of sacrifice. As we are purified of our attachments to the world, that we offer our very life as a sacrifice to God for the praise of his glory. It's not so much what we do, but our very existence. The altar just sits there. It doesn't do anything. Its mission or its purpose is to be disposed so the sacrifice can be offered. We're called to be altars, to exist for the praise and glory of God. And that means, if that's the truth, we have value in ourselves. We have a great, great dignity when it comes to the fact that we are baptized into Christ, that he is going to accomplish his will through us. Again, I think if I had more time to work on this, I'd be very, very clear. I'm not saying that mission or purpose or being chosen isn't important. But according to St. Paul and our own lives, it's our existence, our very being, that gives praise and glory to God. So if we don't see ourselves as valuable, if we don't understand what it truly means to be a Christian rather than to do Christian things, this might escape our mind. And so as we move to the altar, the very existence is there to be praised and to give praise and glory to God, put our own lives on the altar and allow the Lord to take up our life as a sacrifice so that he can do the good work in us as we exist to be the praise of his glory. Amen.